now I think of my wheelchair as an accessory, which is a really weird thing to say. But I think of it as like something that I wear every day that makes me look different. Hi, I'm Brooke Melhouse. Welcome to Disabled and Proud, the podcast that does exactly what it says on the tin. Each week, the show highlights an awesome disabled guest speaking about their own disability, why they're proud to be disabled, and why they're proud to be themselves. Welcome, Kelly, to Disabled and Proud. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. Not too bad. Um, It's half term over here for, for me and my kids. So hectic morning, getting them to, well, getting one of them to half term club and the other one's going to nannies today. So it's one of those, not the usual routine, but I've got makeup on, I've made it, I've arrived. It's all good. <laughs> I love that as well. Cause I think half term, even if you don't have children, like half term can really like throw you. Cause I was out yeah. in the shops literally yesterday, like buying my lunch. And I was like, why are all these school kids here? Like, why are you not in school? And then I was like, oh my God, it's half term. No wonder there are hundreds and thousands of more people where I am. <laughs> yeah, crazy. no, exactly. I popped up this, well, to our local shopping centre just to quickly like grab something. And I was like, why are there so many cars on the car park? Like, it's really <laughs> annoying. And then I realised, I was like, oh God, it's so annoying. Just go back to school. <laughs> it's so true. But I remember like loving half term as a kid and thinking it was like, oh my God, like the biggest holiday ever. And you get to be an adult and you're like, it's like a week long. Like it is not a break. (laughs) That's the thing. Well, my kids like, well, my my youngest is only two and a half, so he doesn't really get it. And he's in like a, it's not like a school term nursery. He's in like a normal nursery. So he doesn't really get half term anyway. Um, But then my eldest now, I think he feels a bit hard done to, because obviously I'm working like full time. He's in like a half term club. And I was like, hang on a minute. He does like, football arts and crafts they watch a movie at lunchtime he has loads of friends like what like why should I feel bad about that like (laughs) sounds like the ideal day it's better than him just sitting at home with me when I'm trying to work so yeah I think he he's uh I know I think kids are like that though aren't they they always want what what's the opposite of what they have So we'll just dive in with my first question for you. And that is, how do you refer to your disability? Oh, this is a tricky one for me because even though I'm obviously, well, my company with Not4, we we deal a lot with um, language and terminology and training. Um, I personally just call myself a disabled person um I refer to my wheelchair as just my chair um which I know some people don't do but that's personally for me but again like I'm you know I know that everybody's on a journey with with their own disability but also the people non-disabled people um are often learning as I feel like I am every day um so I try not to hold it against people if you know they say something that I'm not too happy with um I'll just try and educate them instead um and and hope then next time you know that they would act differently or say something different but I recognize that we we're on a journey all of us and and I certainly have slip-ups time and time again so I uh I don't want to hold that against people for sure I think what you say about how everyone's on a journey is so poignant because it can take people a lot of time to fully like accept the idea of being disabled because it's not just something that you get 
it's not like you get a workbook handed to you and being like, welcome to the disabled club. Like you're in, (laughs) that's not how it works. And it is very much like learning about how you relate to that identity or if you don't and, and like learning how you feel and how you refer to your own disability. I think it's so, so like such a poignant piece of information is that like not every single disabled person is fully there with their disability yet. And that is like so important. Yeah, definitely. I'd say that I wasn't until I was kind of maybe mid to late twenties, actually. Um, I was like, when I was younger in my teen years, I was super insecure about my disability. Um, And I think that came out in a number of ways. I think that came out as rebellion and that came out as, um, you know, sexuality and, um, you know, pushing myself into things that now I look back on and think, actually what we do <laughs> um you know relationships or or whatever it might be um but now I feel honestly that I could say that I'm completely comfortable with my disability and what my body can and can't do and you know how I feel about my my image as a person I guess um yeah. but yeah it takes a long time and like I've obviously my condition's genetic um mm-hmm. I have SMA and that's obviously been present since since birth although it it does deteriorate as you get older Mm -hmm. um you know I've had a long time to come to grips with the fact that I'm a disabled person I'm like nearly 34 now actually um but yeah it does take time like 20 years is a long freaking time (laughs) it's true but also I think you know what makes it and I don't want to be like makes it harder but what does make it harder is the fact that in the media there's so little representation because you don't see yourself and if you can't see yourself in these like big roles, and I talk about this all the time, if you can't see yourself like on the TV or you can't see yourself in a film or like, you know, listen to yourself on like a radio show or whatever, like how are you meant to figure out how you feel about being disabled, right? Because it was so yeah. shunned and so put in the dark and like it's something that we don't talk about for so long. But actually no wonder there's a whole host of human beings that are a bit like, this still makes me feel really uncomfortable because it's made society feel uncomfortable for so long. And we haven't quite grappled how to like get over that just yet. And, and how do we welcome people into spaces where previously before disabled people were not seen there? How do we do that? And, and that's what, that's what, you know, that's what we're all kind of doing as disabled people, like, you know, challenging that and and making sure that we are loud in the spaces that we should be in. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. And like when I was younger, um, and in schools, I was literally the only disabled person there and the only disabled person that most people in that school or in that town, small town, had ever seen. Um, actually, my brother is also disabled. So it was like the two of us were like the, the kids in wheelchairs. Um, yeah. And like we were in different years. So obviously we had our own experiences, but um yeah, there was no, there was no representation and there was no social media and there was no internet really actually. Um, So there was no, like, there was no wider representation. There was no one able to kind of put themselves forward um, as that role model either. So it really did like feel super strange that you were the only person that was going through something in your own head, because obviously there was hundreds of people, well, not even hundreds thousands millions of people across the UK um dealing with the same situation probably around the same age but we just didn't have that ability to be able to talk to each other and relate to each other because we were all separated um due to like lack of technology and and lack of visibility so 
Yeah, it was a super strange time, actually. Yeah, it's like, it's amazing. Social media, incredible. Also the devil, like yeah. <laughs> best thing ever, also worst thing ever. Like, <laughs> Yeah, definitely. There are some, there are some good points. Um, but then obviously equally, I think it's hard now, especially there's this thing around at the moment about people being accused of faking their disabilities or exacerbating their conditions. And it's just, it's awful. <laughs> It's uh, wild is the best way that I can describe it. Like it's genuinely yeah. wild. Um, yeah. Like I just, I don't know how a particular media outlet got away with writing the article that they did write about people who fake their illnesses. Oh God. I yeah. Just, I saw that. That's horrendous. It's unbelievable. Um, I don't even, I'm like, I just looked down. So I'm just like, I don't even know what to say about that at this point. <laughs> it's true though, isn't it? Because at some point you've just got to be like, and I, we could argue and fight and, and really scream about it, which a lot of people have. And I think that's amazing. But also re- like realize that this happens on a daily basis. Like this was just someone yeah. who was just a bit louder than usual. Like this happens to people all the time. And that is wild. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is as well, like, I don't know, I'm speaking for myself a little bit here, but we're sick of fighting. Like I'm sick of having to, I'm sick of having freaking newspapers ring me up and ask me, have you ever not been allowed on a bus before? Or have you never not been like, have you never not been allowed in a nightclub before? It's like, dude, if you want to write about disability, write something positive or something educational. Stop just bringing up these stories all the time of when we were denied access, because that's like our daily thing. Like, yes, I could list a thousand times that I couldn't get on a bus or I couldn't get into a restaurant, but do I want to spend my time focusing on that or do I want to work with you to educate people that disabled people are freaking awesome and that society should be inclusive like come on (laughs) I also think an element of that though is people love to equate disability and tragedy together like they love to put the two together and so if the story or you know like if what someone's angle is going for if it's not tragic not upsetting not like oh my god they overcame this most incredible thing in the world then they don't see it as interesting and that's yeah, like another yeah. thing you're like disability doesn't equate tragedy disability does not equate like end of the world actually it's freaking amazing <laughs> yeah exactly like I've been going to the gym a lot recently and I was speaking to my PT yesterday because I was telling him about um my medication because I'm on Rizdaplam yeah. to treat SMA um and I said like it's quite experimental we don't really know what's going to happen or whatever but it can pause the the condition in its track so then I spoke about like what age I would have chose to like pause my disability and I said like it would have been like late late 20s after I had my kids just just so that you know I can keep a bit because when you have a baby you do you do progress more with SMA and like Mm -hmm. my hands got a lot weaker and things like that but he was I think he was shocked because I think he expected me to say I'd go to the start of my life and stop it there and just be non-disabled or whatever um but no I honestly like I think some people wouldn't you know believe me when I say this but I honestly wouldn't change a thing about my life and a thing about the person I am I always say I would never want two hands. Like if I woke up tomorrow and I had two hands, I would be like, what the fuck happened? How did this happen? I would be so upset. I would not know what to do with myself. Like it would be the worst thing in the world for me. And when yeah. I say that, people are like, how? 
And I'm like, what do you mean? How? (laughs) It would be awful for me for to have that experience. So I don't know it. And I also don't want it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Like my whole life would be different and I probably wouldn't be anywhere near as driven as I am now. I mean, we can't actually say because that's never going to happen. I'm never going to have a time machine to go back and change things. Um, But I just know like parts of my personality come from struggle and they come from perceptions of others and feeling like I want to be the best version of myself and I want to educate people and I want to be nice to people. And I feel like if I wasn't disabled, then that wouldn't be even at the forefront of my personality um, because I feel like it's all based off experience. So yeah, it's uh, definitely an interesting one. So this actually leads on so nicely. So how has being like a disabled person, how has that affected the career path that you took and, and like how you navigated working in your adult life? Oh God, that is a really good question. Um, so when I, I went through my little rebellious stage, I was never particularly academic. I was like middling at, at most things, you know, yeah. um, sitting, actually I, I underachieved at school really because I was more focused on the social aspect and trying to prove that I was quote unquote normal to my peers rather than education. Um, so from there, I went into college, didn't really know what I wanted to do. I went and did media and art because I'm quite a creative person and I enjoy creative things. Um, and then again, I wasn't too happy there. I wasn't really achieving. I was just carrying out and getting drunk all the time. Um, so I wanted to work and I wanted to leave college because it just wasn't for me. Um, and my parents are very much of, if you if you want to leave college, you need to get a job. So yeah, then yeah. I think I searched for a job for like two years, um, which was ridiculous. I got a handful of interviews. I always disclose my disability in my CV. Um, I got a handful of interviews obviously I wasn't very experienced but then with the interviews I never got offered the job um until I got offered a job at a doctor's surgery as a receptionist which was awesome um the practice manager there was like super forward thinking um they provided everything I needed in terms of adaptations um and then I just progressed within that career so I really worked hard and I like that's when I wanted to learn when I felt like I got a job I got my life a bit on track so I started to do things like medical terminology and got into um got promoted through the company because I was really eager and and all the way through you know I could I'll always big her up because she made my life so easy like they converted an office for me downstairs and they like nothing was too much trouble um so that really helped me out massively um but then I kind of got stuck with my career in the NHS because there wasn't anywhere for me to go. Um, I couldn't really go into the side of being like a healthcare assistant or anything like that because of the physicality of the job. And I think I could have, but I just felt like for me, it just wasn't right. And I didn't want to have to, you know, have someone assisting me or feeling like I was struggling every day because, you know, physical tasks actually, I'll do them to like, 
prove that I can do them to myself and but they are it's exhausting actually so I thought well that's not the right path I don't think I'm smart enough to be a doctor (laughs) um I don't think I can be that dedicated to that much education I should say (laughs) to be a doctor um so that's when I went into the world of sport and started my own concierge company um representing professional footballers which is a vast like super big change from the NHS um but that's when I really came into my own is um like discovering how I fit in that like super superficial world I guess and that materialistic world and it was a huge journey because I actually worked for somebody else's business first doing doing the same thing um it was a huge journey to fit into that company and Mm -hmm. see things like um other people being given clients to meet in person yet I was always the one that was favored in the office because I did the job well and the clients liked me but then the face-to-faces didn't happen so often and and I always felt quite quite upset about that and quite self-conscious about that because I really didn't fit into that world of designer handbags and skinny like kind of wag like looks um that's quite generalizing that I shouldn't say that really but I just felt very different in that world Uh, Mm -hmm. and and clumsy and like I don't know like I didn't fit into the perfect image that that it was supposed to be um so then I battled with myself long and hard and started my own company and put myself at the forefront of it and sort of said yeah I can do this job really well yes I am disabled we'll have to meet in a coffee shop unless your house is accessible and just was really clear with my terms yeah and then I think I think that really helped me um to move forward in business and and to and to understand how I function and the people that I want to work with and it's so funny because the people that I work with now even in different industries I still use from my concierge days because those are the people that really understand me and wanted to collaborate with me. I think it's so interesting that you because I feel very much the same like when I left school I wasn't like all that interested in school like it couldn't hold for me it just couldn't hold my attention my brain was always off thinking of some other stuff Mm -hmm. and it was like not until I left education that I was like oh I quite like learning now like I'd quite like to see what the real world outside of like what is two plus two Mm -hmm. and and like I think for highly creative people that tends to be the way is that actually school doesn't hold your attention until you've kind of left that institute and you can go and you can go and explore the things that you want to genuinely delve into and you don't necessarily get that at school or college so I I love that I can see like bits of myself in that (laughs) yeah definitely I think it is it's that defiance as well I think that makes me think yeah I'll learn it when I'm ready like I can already see that in my five-year-old and it's, it's annoying <laughs> when uh, when it comes back to haunt you it's annoying but <laughs> so for you and like you were just saying that you're very very like firm with your like your accessibility needs in terms of business what is it like being a disabled woman in business and like how does that work for you yeah definitely so I've got two two main jobs projects that I'm on at the moment and one is that I'm creative director at Hot Octopus which is a a sex tech brand which is very very fun Um, and the other is that I co-founded and owned with Not4 with my colleague Emma Gardner Um, and we started that company to help other disabled people get into work um, and really 
kind of figure out their career path because I know some people don't just want to go into full-time work um, or even part-time work people like to be freelancers people like to be creative people like to work for themselves and and like you know brand themselves and make their story part of their work which is is an amazing way an amazing thing that we can do as as disabled people Um, so it's kind of growing those companies and um, working with with not for we've really been drawn into creative freelance because we've seen so much disabled talent come through that are illustrators copywriters filmmakers and the projects that we've been on have been transformed honestly because of the talent of the disabled people rather than you know this is the client this is the brief it's almost like we rework everything and we make it something for the community instead of something that's just there to tick a box for disability pride you know what I mean that's quite harsh but it's true in most cases it is is true because quite a lot of the time you know I I'm someone who genuinely hates virtue signaling like I cannot stand it and I think it's maybe one of the worst things that's come out of social media is to be like I support so and so because it's right yeah it's like there's just so much more behind that that you should really be putting into your thoughts and systems and processes And, and like what you just said is so true is that actually quite often you will find that there might just be like a disabled person at an event because they are the token disabled person because someone wants to look like they're inclusive and that's what it is but I love the fact that you go in and you rework and make it for everyone because that's what that's what we need as like a collective of people well, we've lost, literally, we've lost jobs and lost money as a company because we won't work on projects that don't work yeah. and that don't have a purpose because that's not why we're here. Like, we're here to yeah. change things. Like, so if you try and put us on a project just to give us, give you a stamp of approval and then, you know, put that out into the world, if we don't agree it, agree with it, we're not going to stamp it. Sorry, but yeah. next job. like <laughs> No, absolutely. And that's the way that it absolutely should be. And I like, yeah. I just, I absolutely like applaud you and salute you for doing that because I think more people need to be a bit more firm with their boundaries, particularly surrounding yeah. ability representation and projects. So I think that's amazing and I love it. Oh, thank you. Well, hopefully we'll have some uh, interesting content to put out there soon, but I'll keep you posted with all of that anyway. Yeah, for sure. And so for you, I was wondering, with everything that you said about being a young person, you know, in your school, like the only person with a disability and then college and then moving forward through your life, do you have a piece of advice for either and or and both I really I really need to rethink about how I word this question because it always ends up really (laughs) fluffed up but either for a younger version of yourself so a younger version of Kelly and for a younger person with the same disability as you oh my gosh okay okay um yeah for both then I think um I think just try and embrace yourself, try and embrace your disability. I always say like now I think of my wheelchair as an accessory, which is a really weird thing to say, but I think of it as like something that I wear every day that makes me look different, but also cool. And it's a big part of my personality. And it's not something that I'm ashamed of anymore. Like I used to go into a room and think, oh, everybody's like, 
when I was okay I went through a few stages when I was like a young teen I'd go into a room and I think oh everybody's looking at me then when I was an older teen I'd be like oh yeah everybody's looking at me (laughs) and then now I'm like like I'm just me that's all like people might be looking at me people not might not be looking at me but I'm just cracking on with my day-to-day and I don't really care so it's like like I said before it's a journey but I think the sooner that you embrace your disability is part of you and I know it's very hard um you you really will start to succeed you'll start to come into your own you'll start to understand your own boundaries like the the moment that I told someone once that like their joke was inappropriate like that was huge for me because I'm always the sort of person that doesn't want to wreck my own day and doesn't want to make somebody feel bad. So I was always like, oh yeah, that's so funny. (laughs) But actually the moment I said, actually, that's really inappropriate. I was like, whoa, what is this feeling? Who is this person? (laughs) I was like, I need to do this more often. And don't get me wrong. I still don't always, because sometimes I am just like, you know, whatever, but like being able to, feel empowered and stand up for yourself and and really feel comfortable in your disability that's when you really start to grow I think so yeah I mean just explore explore yourself explore you know your friend groups the people you surround yourself with educate people I mean it's not our job to educate people but I always find for me personally that educating people um is helpful to me because of the way they then start to understand me I feel like otherwise sometimes I'm just always trying to prove something to people and it's exhausting like in so many aspects of life um on the school playground for example um with new people new friend groups at events at work it's it's exhausting so sometimes it's just easier just to just to like nip it in the bud and be like, I'm disabled because of X, Y, and Z. Although I don't think that's a great method. That's just my method. And nobody should have to disclose their disability. But sometimes I just answer the questions because I'm just like, actually, then maybe we can talk about something else. Like, <laughs> It's funny, isn't it? Because I think for me, acceptance of disability, I am... And I know that this is like not the best way to be, but I am quite a like rational black and white person. And Mm. in my head, I'm like, okay, so I'm a disabled person. I'm never not going to be disabled. So I might as well accept it because if I don't, I'm just going to be sat here wallowing about it for the rest of my life. And like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to live to like I'm a hundred. So I might as well (laughs) start enjoying it now. Like, and so for me, acceptance is such a big thing because I didn't realize for a very long time that disability and acceptance don't go hand in hand. Cause I always saw that it did. Cause I've always been so like, yeah, I'm disabled. Like it is what it is. Cool, cool, cool. And I did not realize that the two were not best friends. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that a lot of people didn't have that. And that's where I feel like my mission comes into play. Cause I'm like, I want everyone to like feel empowered and that they can accept their disability because life is amazing. And like, you can do whatever you want to do. And I think, you know, having that moment where you actually sit down and say to yourself, yes, I'm disabled, but that doesn't mean that I'm any less than, it doesn't mean that I can't achieve big things. Like I am worth absolutely everything. That's such a powerful moment for for anybody in their life. Doesn't matter if you know, like you're 55, 25, 15, like it's such a powerful moment for you. And what you said about being able to then step into your own is so true because you're 
you know, and I know that acceptance is not the easiest thing. Like I'm very aware of that from listening to other people's experiences, but actually like, it's so worth it. Yeah, definitely. And I think in life, it's so hard anyway to, to like accept yourself and accept your body and accept the way that you are and all your little quirks and stuff. But I think honestly, like I love my thirties, you know, I found it's the best time it's the time I felt the most comfortable and it's the time I've also explored myself the most with things like obviously sexuality therapy um just training like if I feel like I've got something that I've got an inner saboteur telling me you're not good enough for this job then I'll go and train the shit out of myself until I can perform. Even though I know I can, people still, like you still have that thing sometimes where you've got those down days and you think you're underqualified or you think like you really beat yourself up about it. And I've started to like just fight back against that and be like, okay, if I'm not, if I'm not qualified for this or if like I'm nervous about this, then let's sort it out. And then I've got everything out of my head and I can just crack on. Um, But I think like exploring yourself and the way you are, why you are the way you are and working with yourself to become a better version of yourself is like great and important. And if you're able to do that, then I think that, that people should do that. Yeah. And I like, I wholeheartedly agree. Absolutely wholeheartedly agree. And this also, oh my God, the transitions today have been absolutely seamless. Like (laughs) because I always like to ask everyone because I think that disabled people, and this is a massive generalization, but it tends to be incredibly true is that disabled people have a very good ability at downplaying their achievements and positive attributes within themselves. And so I was wondering throughout everything that you've been through have you noticed a positive attribute about yourself that actually you're really proud of oh my gosh I think it is just just my fighting nature and I always say fighting even in the corporate world and I'm like maybe I should stop saying fighting (laughs) because it sounds aggressive um but I really do think that it's just my (laughs) sometimes like tenacious like side which is just like I'm going to take on everything I'm going to take on every job I can do this I if someone tells me I can't then I'm going to prove them that I can and it's just like that constant thing that I think comes from my disability and being younger and being told by like local authorities really silly things like you're in secondary school and there's one block on one side of the road and one block on the other you're not allowed to cross the road on your own we're going to buy a car to get you from one side to the other safely it's ridiculous (laughs) um but I think me being like that age and being like actually what the fuck that's ridiculous has brought is then gone through as an adult to my yeah well you can't you know you can't tell me anything if I think I can do something I'm going to go and do it and that's just the biggest part of me that I'd say that translates into all aspects of my life whether it's like relationships work or um you know well anything family life friends everything so yeah definitely I love how I love asking that question to people because a, it makes them think about like a positive, because it's always really hard to pull out something really positive about yourself without it being like, oh, this is a bit cringe, but actually <laughs> you need to be able to appreciate the positive parts of yourself. But secondly, what I have noticed is that a lot of disabled people are always like, I'm a fighter. 
and like yeah. I'll never back down. And I'm like, yes, this is like the spirit and the attitude that we should have, like that everybody should have. I am so sorry about my emails, by the way. I know. Oh God, don't worry. At least it's not mine going up. (laughs) I'm honestly, I'm actually mortified. I never get this many emails in such a short period of time. I'm so so popular today. (laughs) You know what? It's going to be one chain of one email, and like three other people are going to reply, and none of it's going to include me. Like I bet you anything. Oh, I hope not. I'll send you an email after this. (laughs) Um, I've completely lost the train of thought. Fighting nature. That's where we were. Sorry, I have the ability to do that sometimes. Go on. Yeah, so do I. I just, I love the fact that as disabled people, we can now be loud about the fact that we want to fight. And like, not not even like, and not like an aggressive way, but like, no, we will not back down. And actually, if you are inappropriate, we are going to call you out. And like, actually, if that is wrong and that's not represented rightly, like we will let you know. And like, how lucky are we? that we're now living in a time where we have that access to do that because so many people before us fought, but they did it at like grassroots level. Right. And they did not have the technology that we had. And now we're able to stand on the shoulders of giants and take it further. And like, how amazing is that? Yeah, it's amazing. I'm, I'm really like happy and proud for all of us. And I don't know, I'd, I'd mention it again, but the fact that I get to work with disabled talent every day and like, see these people making lives for themselves and it's amazing because there was a time where we thought we'd never be able to work even we'd yeah. never be accepted into the workplace and now we've got our own careers and we're making good money and like you know I'm really generalizing now but some people that that work with me like they're doing so well and seeing them grow and seeing them adapt I think you know COVID's played a part actually in showing the world that it's okay to work from home it's okay to be flexible and obviously there's so many negatives from COVID but that that for me is like the one positive is that people now understand that flexible working is a thing and you can actually get really talented staff that you know are flexible but are productive and are flexible but are problem solving and are loyal and all the good stuff um so that's just yeah that's like my biggest thing at the minute is seeing disabled people fight and thrive um and make careers and lives for themselves and almost be like no I'm not going to do what you expect me to do like it it gives me life every day (laughs) I love that so I'm going to preface my next question with, I was recently out to dinner and um, the waiter came over to me and asked me if I wanted my food cut up for me because he didn't believe that I could cut up my own food. And so this is like not the first time that this has happened to me. I doubt it's ever going to be the last, but I wondered, is there a particular set of weird, intrusive, mildly funny questions that you get that actually you kind of got to the point where you're like oh not this again or you're just like I can't I can't even deal with this question right now because it's just so ridiculous oh my god I'm just like shrinking into my chair right now thinking oh I'm all quiet um questions I get asked like I think for wheelchair users especially power wheelchair users you get the can I have a race thing all the time and I actually got that from another wheelchair user the other day and I was like it's so disappointing like why did you say that um but I don't want to be like 
you know, putting certain people in the box, but this person was like an older guy and he's got a brand new sparkly power chest. So maybe he that's his way of coming to terms with his disability. Yeah. Um, so I just like laughed it off because I really did not want to be like, I didn't want to say much to, to them because I didn't know where they were at with everything. Um, but yeah, it's always, can I have a race? Don't get a speeding ticket. The one that used to annoy me the most and I would act differently depending on how I felt, I suppose, on the day, um, was when I'd go out more like to a nightclub or a festival and everyone wants to hang out with you and everyone wants to high five you and everyone wants to give you respect for being out. And it's like, come on, just fuck off. (laughs) And it's so true though, because I think, because I've had it as well and I'm like, look, I'm living my life. Like I'm here because I want to be here. I'm not here because it's like some great gravitas feat that I'm suddenly at a music venue or I'm at like a festival. Like I'm Mm -hmm. here because I'm having fun. Like I can do that too. Like I'm not just going to like sit in the shadows and not enjoy my life. Yeah, exactly. But equally, I used to spin that on its head sometimes. And I've got so many backstage passes for what just by being a dick and using my disability. So I like, it's, it goes two ways. Do you know what I mean? But equally, do I want to spend the whole night high-fiving people? No, I do not. I just want to listen to the music and dance and be with my friends and get drunk probably. Um, yeah, so that was the one that used to annoy me that much. I actually don't feel like I go many places now. So that one's tailed off a little bit. That's funny. That is funny. Right. I've only got one, one last question for you, but I have to say like, I've loved having this conversation with you because I think it's been really like important and interesting. My last question for you is Kelly, are you disabled and proud? Oh yeah. (laughs) Yes, I am definitely. But I'm also really sad the interview's over. This has been so much fun. I know it's been such a good chat and I've loved listening about like your story and like your work journey. And I think there's so many good snippets in here. I can't wait for, I can't wait for everyone else to hear it and for you to hear it back. (laughs) I know I actually like that. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that too, but I'm I'm looking forward to sharing everything with everybody that listens to your podcast. Um, And also if anyone wants to contact me and then then they're absolutely like I'm giving permission DM me all the weird stuff I don't mind (laughs) high five respect for being on the podcast (laughs) yeah exactly don't send me that don't send me that please don't send anybody that because it's wrong and inappropriate on so many levels (laughs) (laughs) and no dick pics that's the only other thing no dick pics Oh, thank you so much for coming on today. I've really, genuinely, I've really loved this chat and it's been great to talk to you about business and being disabled because I think a lot of people don't get that insight and they don't understand how it works. And this has been super enlightening. And like, thank you for giving up your time to be on the podcast, especially during half term. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, I'm sure we'll speak again soon. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Disabled and Proud. If you've enjoyed the show, then please give it some love by leaving us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. It really helps us to reach more and more people each week. Plus, if you've got a particular highlight, then I'd absolutely love to hear it. Tag me on your Insta stories at Disabled and Proud Podcast.